0: So just a quick um, introduction to us for those of you who don't know us really at all. Um, As has been said several times, we're Stuart and Jackie Bishop, and uh, we are both not from Canada. We're both from other countries. I'm from the United States, and Stu is from Australia. Um, So we're missionaries here with YWAM, and we have been adopted into the sort of Canadian family through our children who have both been born here. Josephine, our youngest, is just one, and Levi will be four in September. Um, We've been married for almost seven years, and yeah, so there you have a few more facts just to help you feel like maybe you know a little bit about us a little more. Um, I come from a family of four. My dad is a family of eight, and my grandfather was in a family of ten, And um, just last week, we were in Salt Lake for a family reunion of those 10 siblings of my grandfather's generation, all of their children and children's children and children's children's children. (laughs) So there was about 120 of us at a park in Utah where I grew up. And um, yeah, it was just an amazing time of reunion, a family reunion. And I don't know about you guys, but like, When you come to a family reunion, there's certain parts of the family that you know very well. Like, you know, I have some second cousins, once removed, who are very close to me. My parents have gone to their graduations and we keep up with them on various ways and whatever. But then I have some second cousins or great uncles and aunts or whatever, who I kind of just know their name. I don't maybe know their spouse or how many children they have or who they are. So anyway, I just, in this time of family reunion, um, we had a second cousin staying with us. So she's my dad's cousin. And um, she said something about my dad's childhood that really informed me about his life and I was just like blown away like it literally (laughs) blew my mind (laughs) because I've been kind of journeying through my own childhood and how that looked for me and how that's affected me as an adult and I never thought about this thing that happened to my dad as I mean I, I knew it happened but she she said something that was just like cut through everything and I was like, wow, <laughs> it so makes some things, makes sense to me. So as we read through this chapter on vainglory, it felt like the family secret a little bit. I kind of felt like, we're kind of going to be talking about like the skeleton in the family closet. <laughs> um, in the chapter, um, the author talks about it being the only thing that requires that you come into the family of God first before you experience this vice. It's the only one that's like that. So, if you don't mind, we are going to take the opportunity to speak to you guys as family today. Um, in our church, the pastor often says, okay, this is a family meeting. <laughs> So he's kind of talking to the congregation, those who are in the family of God, those who are walking with Jesus. This is like a family meeting. And I kind of felt like that was the way this, this thing was, being glory. It's, it's a bit of a family meeting. And so you can think of us as the quirky second cousins who you didn't know before. Or maybe we feel closer to you than more like brothers or sisters. But basically, we just want to see if we can say some things that would cut through this this vainglory thing and bring some light and bring some encouragement. Um, So yeah, to start off with that, we're all family here. We're the Quirky Second Cousins, giving you a little word (laughs) of encouragement and truth. Um, The word vainglory as we looked at at it only appears in the King James Version once and it's um, in Philippians 2 verse two, um, it says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility value others above yourself. So that's the New International Version. In King James, it says, do nothing, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each other steam, let you esteem each other better than yourself. So vain glory is like the need for you to feel like you look good to other people. And um, in the chapter of Good and Beautiful God, it was so like convictingly clear how when he talks about, this is really about the, the family of God and how we feel when we're doing something for God, is this stroking our ego or is it giving glory to Jesus? And it can do both, (laughs) really. That's how good and beautiful God is. (laughs) And how, like, sort of conflicted we can be. So as that sort of family secret, let's just blow the doors off of it. You could be doing a million things for God, and it could just be stroking your ego. And Jesus really clearly says, if that's what you're doing, then you've received your reward. That's all you're going to get is your ego not so great. (laughs) Doesn't actually seem amazing to me in the long run. I would much rather have Jesus get the glory. And um, another thing we thought about when we were reading this chapter and discussing it together is that vainglory is like a ditch. We want to stay on the road. And in Philippians 2, further on, it talks about what Jesus did Laying himself aside, he knew exactly who he was, but he put himself aside in ultimate humility and came to serve and to die on the cross for us to make a way for us to get to heaven and to be with God and to learn how not to walk in vainglory so um, that that straight and narrow path or that road, the road is humility and the ditch is vainglory on one side, which is again that stroke of ego. If I'm doing something for God, is this giving me a sense of satisfaction that's just for me or is it giving me an opportunity to do something great for God? And on the other side of the ditch, the other ditch I think is self-loathing. And I think that's something that as we see how we can get caught up in either way, we need to stay on that road of humility Because I'm sure you've all met someone or maybe you are someone who is always putting yourself down. And that's really not okay either. (laughs) So, yeah, just let's not be Christians who walk in that ditch of self-loathing. And let's not be Christians who walk in that ditch of vainglory. Let's try to stay on the road of humility. It kind of makes me think about how we look at what we do for God. And um, something that I've been trying lately, especially with my children, to say is we get to do this today. So on a Sunday morning, when it's kind of nuts and we're trying to get everybody out the door, that for me, if I could just set my mouth, hopefully we'll follow, my heart will follow my mouth a little bit to say we get to go to church today. We get to lead worship today. We get to share with our friends today. Rather than saying we have to, because I feel like it's that sense of self-importance. I have to do this. That is where we can get into that other ditch. So, yeah, that's just something that that as a way of introduction of what is vainglory. We wanted to um, say, and Stu's got some stuff to say about some more.
1: Some more. So, the the false thing about Vainglory, the the lie, if you will, is that your value is determined by your assessment, so by your assessment of me, right? I want to be liked, I want to be loved, I want that, I want, and I want that if I'm looking to you guys or whoever it is for that, then I'm going to end up falling in the ditch, right? I love that ditch analogy. That ditch analogy works for a multitude of things. If that's one of the takeaways from today, it's like, oh, there's a ditch there. It's a really good way to sort of think about your life and go, oh, let's keep out of the ditches. Um, so I'm a worship leader. I've been a worship leader for a long time. The vainglory thing for a worship leader is huge. <laughs> um, the, it, because I, I was remembering one time me and Jackie were both playing guitar and I was standing here and Jackie was standing there, and I don't know if you noticed, my guitar sticks out the wrong way, um, or the right way, if the the case may be. And Jackie's, yeah, I, I'm from Australia. I've been upside down my whole life. That's how guitars should go. The, so Jackie's was going out that way, and we were sang a, like a special song at one of the churches we are involved with, and someone came up to us afterwards and said, oh, it was such a blessing that... You just looked so great because your guitars were all symmetrical and this and the other. One. I'm like, oh yeah, well, I guess it was. That was <laughs> that was kind of nice. And it, it's a journey for, so especially in a public platform. There's a journey to to being able to receive encouragement, but not have it stroke my ego and not and and not be too self-effacing about it either. All, all glory goes to God. That's yes, that's true, but. Does that really need to be said um, yeah it's when I was reading through the chapter the thing the thing about Bangalore that struck me is it's kind of sneaky it's it's a it's a sneaky one, and it yeah, just sneaky not not so great I wanted to um I wanted to take it back to actually a possible Old Testament example of this. Um, if you have a Bible, you can turn to me. Turn with me, because I'm going to read a little bit out of Haggai chapter two. I'll read it out. So if you don't have it available, then you'll hear it regardless. Haggai chapter two, starting at verse ten. Haggai, um, the when Haggai was written, it was after after the exiles. So the people of Israel had all this amazing stuff happen to them. They've been built up into a great nation by God and then God's a covenant God and he said way back in the very beginning of the Old Testament, if you guys do this, if you turn away from me and my ways, this is going to happen and the it happened. They turned away from God and they went into exile. A, a great nation came and essentially overtook them, destroyed them and scattered them. Um, after that, post-exile is... Um, some Israelites got to go back and rebuild their temple and so they had this amazing thing happen, they found the law again, they turned back to God, it was an amazing thing. This, that was Ezra and Nehemiah, right, if we remember that. And then, so Haggai comes a little while after that, there's been some decades pass. there's still people around that experienced, actually experienced the temple before the exiles, but so this is where we pick up the story right, and um, Haggai is an interesting book, it's, it's a pretty, we don't really know who Haggai was, there's not a clear picture of who, who wrote the book, but this is one of the things he had to say. Um, earlier in the book he said, look, the main crux of the book is, you're looking after yourselves more than you're looking after God's temple, and that that's God saying to the people, that won't stand, that's, that's not great. So, chap chapter 2 verse 10, Haggai chapter 2 verse 10, on the 24th day of the ninth month in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, thus says the Lord of hosts, ask the priests about the law, if someone carries holy meat in the fold of his garment and touches with his fold bread or stew or wine or oil or any kind of food, does it become holy? The priest answered and said no. Then Haggai said, if someone who is unclean by contact with dead body touches any of these, does it become unclean? The priest answered and says, it does become unclean. It's it's interesting, it's kind of like God setting them up and knocking them down. Then Haggai answered and said, so it is with this people, and with this nation before me declares the Lord, and so with every work of their hands, and what they offer is unclean. So we've got We've got God sort of saying, look is this clean yes is this unclean yes well is this unclean yes it's unclean God goes that's what you guys are like you guys are currently unclean you haven't kept the main thing the main thing and now the work the work of your hands the stuff that's supposed to glorify me it's no good and I think possibly if vainglory taken to its sort of final conclusion it could be that that just kind of what Jackie said or you're going to get your ego stroked and that's that's not great. There's a but, but look what happens next. Now then, consider from this day onward, before the stone was placed upon the stone in the temple of the Lord. How did you fare? When one came to a heap of twenty measures, there was but ten. So we're talking about a lack, right? There's not enough. When one came to the wine vat to draw fifty measures, there was but twenty. I struck you and all the products of your toil with blight and mildew. And with hail, yet you did not turn to me, declares the Lord. Consider from this day onward, from the twenty-fourth day of the ninth month, since the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider, is the seed yet in the barn? Indeed. The vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have yielded nothing. But here's the but from this day on I will bless you. So even though the people are even though the people are unclean currently even though their 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 works are producing nothing, because the main thing is not the main thing, the glory of God's not the main thing. Perhaps vain glory is. But then God says, "But from this day on, I'll bless you." So God's a covenant God. He wants to bless His people. He's He's talking about the covenant. There's there is clear consequences to the sin, and I'm sure you've explored that with some other sins, right, as you go through this. This is, uh, this but I will bless you is the cure, right? One of the things that um, Good and Beautiful God talks about is one of the cures for this vain glory <coughs> is your identity. We, we sang multiple times this morning, we're a child of God right that's a child of god or a son or daughter of the king and and, i mean anyone who's a parent here doesn't much how much your kids serve you or don't serve you and you can see right through their selfish ways at times like you love them it's just the end of the story this is a this is a little paragraph out of the book i want to read says the kingdom narratives oppose the world's narratives you are valuable to god god loves you no matter what your worth is not dependent on you, your performance or on what others think of you. Your worth is found in the loving eyes of God. If you win, God loves you. If you lose, God loves you. If you fast and pray and give money to the poor, God loves you. If you are sinful and selfish, God loves you. He is a covenant God and His love never changes. Interestingly enough, um, in the very next section of Haggai starts in chapter 20, I won't read the whole thing but um, it talks about this guy called Zerubbabel and he's a, he's a, like a, a uh, official in the nation and God says this guy looks and some stuff's about to be shaken, God says, I'm about to shake the heavens and the earth and to overthrow the throne of kingdoms, I'm about to destroy the strength of kingdoms and on it goes about like tearing down the, the kingdoms on that day, declares the Lord of hosts, I will take you, O Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shiatel, declares the Lord, and make you like a signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord of hosts. Now, a signet ring was like the authority of the king, right, in the Old Testament. The signet ring's like, if you've got that ring, you've got all the authority to declare whatever you want on behalf of the king. So, this Zerubbabel guy, I mean, we don't actually, there's not a lot of record about whether this actually happened if this Zerubbabel guy was whatnot. some people would say it's a prophecy that hasn't happened yet <laughs> personally what I subscribe to is um, it's a bit of a mirror to Jesus um, Talk Jesus gets talked about as the seed of Abraham the throne of David and some would say that the authority of this Zerubbabel guy and it's like this little throwaway paragraph in a minor prophet but the rest of the book is like you guys have been like there's, there's sin, and I need it, but I love you guys, and Jesus is coming. And I, it, there is a way out, and it's really, really encouraging, for me at least, that looking at this and God's like, this is, this is not great. Like, I've done amazing things for you. We're not on an amazing point, and now I'm going to bless you. And it's not because of what we do. It's, like, it's because God loves us. And Jesus talks about it a bunch. Jackie will get to that in a second. So that's that's where I leave off. That even though Israel wasn't keeping the main thing, the main thing, God's got it in hand. And he's the answer's coming. And as usual, my wife has the answers. <laughs> Okay, I'll, I'll give you a little taste tester of what, what the two points we can do practically are to sort of combat this vainglory thing, okay? So, vainglory, what's vainglory? Do we have a slightly better idea of what that is now? It's, it's very close to pride, very close to pride, but it's kind of the pride that comes from people going, oh, you're so wonderful, you're so wonderful, you're doing so many good things for the church, or it, you can even stroke your own ego at times, be like, oh, I put in 80 hours of church service this week. That's great, which which is in <laughs> in the current in the current season of Vancouver Versailles vineyards not out of the question. Right? It's you guys are all putting in a lot. The um, which is great, and we're trying to keep the main thing the main thing though, right? Glory to God. So two two really quick things: know that you are loved. God loved God loved Israel. God sent Jesus. God loves us. We're we're a part of the family. We've been born again into the family, his blood in our veins, not our own. It's such a great song. I love that song. Then um, that talks about identity. We could preach for days about identity, but we're not going to. The other thing is be humble. Be, don't go looking for that stuff. Don't fall in the ditch of self-effacement or self-loathing. Woe is me, but... Don't be proud about it either. It's, we serve because God loves us and we want to see Him glorified on the earth and we want to see other people discover His love more. That's, that's the main thing. <laughs> so they're the two, the two things. Be humble and know that you are loved by God before before even your spouse, before even your very best friends in this city. You're loved by God and that's the source of your identity.
0: Yeah, Some that's good. So, yeah, so just in in kind of wrapping it up, um, we were so blessed by reading the, the book, Good and Beautiful God, and um, it was inspiring to me to think in a new way about the Sermon on the Mount, and um, the passage that is used to kind of um, highlight this vainglory glory thing. The part of the Sermon on the Mount is when Jesus says, when you give, this is what you should do. When you pray, this is what you should do. When you fast, this is how you should do it. And um, it, for me, it's it's it is that tricky thing because those are the things giving Fasting, praying, those are activities that are as much the antidote as the cause (laughs) to vainglory. So it is very tricky in how you walk. And in a a congregation where Joe was saying 80% of this tiny congregation is actively serving on a regular basis just to make this thing happen every week, probably higher, we'll say 80, 90, 100. You guys are all giving to make this happen so much. There's, there are no spectators in this congregation. And um, I, yeah, I think that's a real danger. Again, like you can, you can check your own heart too. If there's anything um, that for me in my recent journey has been so huge is that sometimes saying nothing is the best thing. <laughs> so um let us walk in true maturity down the middle of the road of humility. Um, we aren't policing each other here. You know, we're going to allow each other to have some space to think about this for yourself. And again, this is something we get to do. It's you know, being being able to serve in the church is something we get to do. It's not something we have to do. And um When we get to that point of slogging it out, feeling like we have to do it, that might be a a sign that we might need a break. And you have had an incredible example of your pastors saying, it's time for us to take a break now (laughs) after probably a bit longer than maybe needed to be. (laughs) But that it's okay, you know. The world doesn't revolve around one of you here. When there are so many of you serving if one or five or ten of you, or even half of you, step out because you need to have a break, it's going to be okay. It's still going to roll. You know, even when there's no sign on the front door and somebody shows up, there's still something God has in mind. You know, Jesus is the center of this congregation, not one person who's giving or serving. So... Yeah, let's walk in true maturity together. And, and what a glorious, glorious thing. I was so blessed today for me when I, you know, heard all the other elements of the sermon, of the service coming up, of the psalm that started the service and the passage from Ephesians and it all, and we're doing communion soon, it all just seems to be like a thread that's, that's going together to point us back to Jesus, point us back to that humility Um, so yeah if if you want to go get the kids for communion I was thinking about how communion um, there's a lot of theological debate about what actually happens to that bread and juice or wine or whatever it is (laughs) and um, is there something mystical about it is it just a practical example for me in this morning's message it feels like This is the opportunity for us to really say, this is not a stroke of my ego, what I do for God. Whether it's looking after your own home or it's looking after this place of worship or it's your job or whatever it is that as we take communion, we are literally taking in Christ. It's no longer us who live. Like even this morning when we were singing, when I come to die, this is kind of what we're doing now. We're coming to die. And in communion, we receive Jesus' life, his very flesh, his very blood. And, you know, however that works for you, let it be that way for you. But what an opportunity this morning um, as we take community, communion to reaffirm our commitment to that humility, the humility of Christ Maybe we'll just read again before we take communion. uh, The Philippians two, first few verses. So, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from His love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, and being in full accord of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Lead Let each of you not only look to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among you yourselves, which was yours in Jesus Christ, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking on the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on a cross. Therefore God was highly exalted in him and bestowed on him the name that is above every other name so that in the name of Jesus every knee would bow in heaven and on earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So now Rick is going to walk us through, Rick is going to walk us through communion. Oh, can I help move the table um, in front? Yep. And we have a little song, so we'll sing together during the you...
1: I think everyone uh, here knows how we uh, do it and um, but if you're a guest here or new uh, we're just going to have it up here at the uh, table if you would uh, just come down the uh, come down the center aisle and then we'll uh, offer you the uh, juice and the bread and if anyone needs to uh, help with uh, communion and need, uh, need to have it brought to them um, please let us know alright well, uh, thank you, Jesus. And Jesus, I pray that you would uh, bless these elements, that, you would, um, that they would truly represent your blood that was shed for us and your body that was broken for us.